Welcome to Queer Narratives Beirut, a podcast about gender and sexual diversity in Lebanon's capital. You're listening to the fifth episode of our Letters to Queer Narratives Beirut episodes. We asked our listeners to send us messages with their own stories, their thoughts on the podcast, and messages to Lebanon's LGBTQI community. Letter number five is from Susan Saba. Suze talks to Saba about her experience being intersex and how to best support intersex people living in Lebanon. Hello, uh, I'm Suze Temko. Uh, I'm an intersex activist, um, currently in Beirut for the third time, the first time being the uh, just under a year that I lived here, and uh, now my third time back visiting, and I'm here with my friend Saba. Hi, Saba. Hi. How's things? Things are good. Excellent. Glad to be here with you. Glad to be here. Glad to be equally as sweaty as each other. Um, so yeah, um, and I'm, I'm really, really pleased to have the opportunity to, to chat to Queer Narratives Beirut. This is awesome. And I loved um, speaking to you before uh, more in depth about uh, intersex issues and uh, hopefully trying to wear, raise a, a bit more awareness or consciousness in, in Lebanon and have some Lebanese intersex activists come to the to the fore. Um, yeah. Great, yeah. Um, so what's good to talk about? I... Well, uh, I just want to mention that although this doesn't fit the letter letter format, that we did have a full length interview. Unfortunately, the internet connection is was so bad that <gasps> a lot of precious parts in the interview has sort of gone down the drain, and oh. so we thought at at Q and B that we'd. Uh, use the letters to Q&B format to allow you to say whatever you want, really. Amazing. Um, I guess you've called me at like a really interesting time because I'm about, I'm start, I've begun the process of starting uh, my book. So um, it's a bit of an interesting one, uh, or I hope it is, or otherwise it's, it's very boring. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a kind of, memoir uh, about uh, my life so far which has been nothing like I would have expected it to be or probably my parents friends family would have expected but that's kind of that's just life isn't it um, so uh, yeah and it's I'm I um, I'm lucky enough to have an editor who I actually met while I was living in Beirut and who has basically asked me for the last two years if they would um, work on a project together and I was always saying absolutely no because I just unequivocally said I'm not interesting there's nothing interesting about my story the world does not need my voice I'm just going to sit quietly in the back and just do stuff and um especially in the current climate that we're living in it's become clear to me that every voice is needed and uh yeah fear is just is a is not really an option anymore um but uh, also I I realized I don't have to write a definitive book on intersex that's not what I'm going to do I'm just going to tell my story and hope that it resonates with people that it helps people feel um, infinitely less alone and certainly not as lonely as I felt when I uh, found out that I was uh, intersex just over 10 years ago um, so yeah uh, and I guess at the moment like you know it's, it's fantastic being back in Beirut I've, I, I ended my last day job uh, about two weeks ago um, thank you <laughs> um, and it was an amazing two years but um, I've been thinking a lot about um, identity and self-worth and self-esteem 
and uh, compensating, comp- the, like the ideas of, of compensating. Um, because I one of the one of the key reasons I, I decided in the end to to really like to let my kind of contract end to let to let myself leave a company that I really was taking like all my self worth in um, was was grounded in a realization like I was absolutely staying there because I felt that staying at this company working at this company was what was giving me all my self worth what were, were kind of I was making it much more a part of my identity than it probably should have been. Um, and actually, you know, it's not fair to say that I realised that. It was actually friends who, when I told them, oh, I'm considering leaving and doing something different, that they were like, please do, because really, like, you're not the same anymore. Like, you, you, you're not, you're, you're so wrapped up in this, in this company. And it is, it was brilliant um, to work there, uh, just in case anyone was wondering, that company is Facebook, and it was, it was fantastic, it was nurturing the growth there was was fantastic um I'd certainly work there again given the opportunity but uh it was just um I I realized there was like like so many other things in my life whether it was you know getting great grades or looking a certain way or acting a certain way being liked being being you know the smartest in the class which is something I never did achieve (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh they were all aimed at compensating for a deficiency that I've realized is not a deficiency and and acting like it is is actually infinitely more harmful but um one of the things I find especially you know if for anyone listening who isn't intersex who isn't out uh you know who isn't part of an intersex community or at least a physical intersex community in 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 this country or any other country um you know one of the things that I found has has given me community when it, when I'm not able to find other intersex people, but especially members of the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, is is that is that feeling of compensation and, and recently, um, and how it pervades everywhere in life. So you know, there's an element of of compensating like I must be liked by my parents, I like me must be liked by my friends, I must look a certain way, I must I must achieve this level of success and this success I'm talking about is what what society deems to be success and usually that's money and status and power um and in that and that is a theme that I found across so many members of 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 our community of the of a a queer community um and, and it's really interesting because I I thought that this was more of an intersex experience you know the more I speak to intersex people um that we all felt this way and a lot of them have kind of gotten off that train as it were they've kind of gotten off that hamster wheel realized that it wasn't bringing them any form of happiness um and and dedicated themselves either to intersex activism or really just to leading lives that they find more meaningful so I've, I've known investment bankers intersex people who are investment bankers who realized they were completely miserable and and sort of at a certain point realized they didn't have to compensate anymore and decided okay I'm going to be a photographer I'm going to be an activist and a photographer I'm going to be um a social worker or you know or maybe it's the opposite you know intersex people feel that being a social worker is their form of compensation, but actually they'd love to be an investment banker, right? Like it works for, for um, you know, whoever. Um, pause this. Um, yeah, so I met, I met someone who was talking about uh, referencing a book, the name of which I've totally forgotten, uh, but it was talking about um, stages in life when uh, queer people sort of they they realize obviously they have the consciousness of like I'm I'm gay, I'm trans, I'm intersex, etc. And they sort of think or it's a commonality that you know there's a common common experience of um okay, but it's fine because I'm gonna I'm gonna be 
super, super fit. Everyone's gonna like me. I'm gonna be like an acceptable vote. I'm gonna be palatable. I'm gonna be so palatable. Like everybody be everyone's taste. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna overcompensate. I'm gonna compensate for this deficiency. And then kind of reaching a second stage of consciousness eventually and realizing I don't need to do that. And actually, I, you know, maybe just a life that I enjoy living, one that makes me happy, presenting myself in a way that, um, you know, is my reality, is my identity, is better. Um, but some people never reach that, and I, I'm certainly, you know, it's, it's interesting writing this book right now. Uh, something I've tried to be quite open with my friends about, especially in the last year, is I'm, I'm in a process of trying to shed um, the shame of, of being intersex to, to kind of rail against that stigma. And I, it's, it's definitely ongoing, and it's so tempting to, to stay with that, oh, I'll just compensate, like, stay on that hamster wheel because you think eventually if you keep running and you keep you know jumping over all these hurdles if you keep ticking those boxes like eventually you'll find happiness and peace with yourself but actually that's not very unlikely um and I'm still yeah still very much working on it and that's that's in all areas of my life in relationships sexuality you know gender expression career um uh, you know it's still very much an ongoing process but you know, I think that's a, it's it's a, I'm I'm very fortunate to have the freedom to be able to to do that, also to do that quite publicly. Um, but I can imagine that there is certainly you know from from conversations I've had with many friends all over Lebanon, from the north, from north to the south to Beirut, that the, the the pressures of society, the familial pressures, it's like it's a, it's a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, nearly impossible to to escape from, and I think that that's a, or it feels impossible to escape from. Um, and one of my favorite things recently while I've been here is, is I went to a drag show uh, and it was amazing. And I just, <laughs> but it really reminded me of these, the creation of these, these spaces, these where people are free to express their expression is celebrated. And the thing that really struck me was we, we arrived like a little bit late, like me and my friends, we came a bit, we knew it was happening. We were really excited. Someone's friend was in it. We couldn't wait. And we arrived like maybe an hour late and we're like maybe that'll be fine hopefully we'll, we'll get a seat and it was rammed people were like looking in from the windows people were screaming and, and so excited and like I just you know I, I think right now especially with intersex spaces and we've discussed this before like there's certainly room it's usually pretty small rooms support groups conferences just pri- more private spaces um and uh, but even in those spaces, like you, you, you know, they're they're incredibly valuable, and that's often where people learn. Like they can sh- start shedding um, the sort of outer layers than the the masks they put on for themselves and that society has put on for them. Um, but in this room, I was just thinking it's so full, and it was so, it felt so beautiful and lovely and safe, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a real privilege to be there. And I I think I really hope that there can be more spaces like that for, for intersex people in Lebanon and, and, all, over, and all over the world. Um, I've had a really interesting experience. I have a couple friends here um, in, uh, in, in Beirut, especially who I recently, even though I'm very public um, as an intersex person, ex- tried to explain um, that I was intersex and I had to like sort of contend with Google Translate and uh, which is like I'm like still ongoing learning Arabic but like have not gone to the um, intersex section or like um, of that so it was a 
it was really interesting like feeling of you know again concern like every every time I, I I tell a person that I'm intersex no matter how public I am no matter how safe I feel in other spaces with intersex people there is always that that brief moment of is this relationship gonna end here is this gonna be like a turning point and if it doesn't end is this person gonna complete view me completely differently treat me completely differently and I had it with a few friends and obviously there's a small like language barrier um and uh trying, trying to use the word hunter which I think means literally translate I think is like hermaphrodite but it has like a very um long is a long-standing um term in, in Arabic language um and I was like you know language is so important this is something I really I realized a lot and you can never make everybody happy with the, the choice of language for example intersex is still debated some people prefer other terms variation of sex characteristics DSD um disorder of sexual development difference of sexual development so like trying to then take that um ideal uh language and, and translate it is like is such a mess uh it's such a maze um but i was i was really like i was really happy so far with the with the um kind of love and respect i've, I've still received from from those friends um yeah i don't know i'm trying to think of what else i wanted to say <laughs> i'm so sorry uh, uh no no it's okay um, I, I think everything you've said, including in that, in that interview we've conducted, was absolutely wonderful, and <laughs> and even right, even right now, especially like I'm awe inspired every time I listen to you talk about this. Why? Oh, because, <laughs> because there's sort of a two two lines of thoughts, and this isn't about me. It shouldn't be, but when it can I'm, be. Well, no, it shouldn't, because this is, this is uh, devoted to you and your narrative here. Um, but I, I'll listen to the person, and I'm, I'm sort of processing everything they're saying, and at the same time, I'm thinking, like, what do I do with this information? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to reiterate this to other people. How well can I do it? Mm. Um, and basically, you, the first thing you did before we did, conducted our interview was send me a wealth of resources to look into yeah. just to get like the bases covered and that was quite a lot to oh it's a lot of info i haven't read all of it some of them is like 150 pages and occasionally you're just like gosh i just want to scroll through the guardian and just like <laughs> that, that you know read something that's like a page long not not 150 and it's hard also you're like i must commit all of this to memory um yeah i think one of the biggest things i find with our community like in the in the general larger almost global sense um and then also in the intersex community is there's different levels of of consciousness and and feelings towards certain terms and um and then how those terms affect oneself i just think we need one thing that i really want to impress and i hope i do it in the book because i want to be very honest is that it's a process and we need to approach things with more nuance and depth and that doesn't necessarily mean reading 150 pages but that means listening with a less judgmental ear um from from those of our people in our community who are marginalized who are minority who are desperate to sort of you know who are brave in speaking out in the first place and to respond to that with like you used the wrong language you 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 represented us poorly it's necessary obviously to do because obviously every especially with the intersex community every step is like the first step um but I think we need to be so much more kind to, and supportive of, of 
those members of the community who are taking the brave step and, and being the first and stepping out and saying, I'm this, especially in the media, um, where they're the level, you know, I'm, I'm a, my day job is kind of, is media communications, campaigns, public affairs. And I was in a huge piece in the UK and I, I, I it was a puff piece, essentially. Like it was so positive. It was in a conservative leaning newspaper and one of the most circulated in the in the country and it started off with the phrase um they look like women and they sleep with men so it was so problematic um and our yeah it was it was so problematic um but on one hand i was like i was celebrating that this really positive piece, sort of eight, almost eight pages long, about intersex people had circulated to a conservative audience, but at the same time was lamenting the fact that it was reinforcing more unfortunate um, stereotypes, theory, like possibly throwing other members of, of our community under the bus. And I just think that was, you know, and, and there were members of my own community who looked at that piece and like that was, you know, who, who thought it was really negative and that was such a shame, but also, it was so beyond our control like we we had some degree of copy approval quote approval which most people don't get and i think that that ability to navigate spaces that are not friendly necessarily or cognizant of what's necessary to put lgbtq um plus people um is a uh, is something that we need to understand as a community engaging with those spaces and also of, of as a community watching people navigate those spaces and I think that's a that's really really difficult but I mean people may disagree with me and say we all have a duty to, to get it right um so and there that's obviously valid as well um yeah but I, I can imagine like especially um in Lebanon I don't know I think the most amazing thing is is places like this is 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 um is this queer narratives is, is journals like Cole and and, and spaces and organizations like Helen that are creating their own spaces, they're creating their own outlets, their own um, platforms. And, and I think that's the, that's the best case scenario when you're not, you don't have to filter it through, through a different voice. But yeah, sometimes the trade-off is obviously who's gonna read it, Who, what's the, what's the goal? Who's gonna, who's gonna see this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are, there's always like uh, internal struggles, struggles with like, bylaws i mean mm. thing things that people like will disagree with or even you know actions taken uh we've had uh recent beirut pride cancelled you may have heard yeah, about I that did, yeah and hadi damian who's the founder of beirut pride but does not like to be the sole face of beirut pride did mm-hmm. a did an interview with qnb actually mm-hmm. um and in it he mentioned that uh as they replied this year was cancelled he was approached and criticized for either choosing to cancel it or allowing it to be cancelled um, and if you listen to his interview you'll you'll find out that he was forced to do it mm-hmm. like in many instances where people try to push forward with an agenda that for somehow counters the that of that of the government that of the the security or anything on mm-hmm. a simple misunderstanding and mm-hmm. only this gone this went further and unfortunately of course it cre- creates a lot of rife in the community and um, I guess part of what we're doing in retrospect now is like just trying to address from people directly 
like what are what are they hoping to gauge what are they hoping to to achieve mm. uh, and that's like a very very like basic I guess input I could I could get given there I recall though in our interview if you don't mind me <laughs> no this. I don't at all <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, I, rem- I remember um in the interview I said like in in something a question along the lines of like in Lebanon yeah um what how can we emphasize the i and the lgbtqia plus abbreviation um is it uh, i asked if it's premature um but it but i don't want to ask it in in that way i basically want to ask you like uh given your experience mm. um and given everything you know about what's what's going on in lebanon mm-hmm. how can we move forward yeah. i know that's such a big question with intersex people specifically like with intersex people specifically, sure. I think. Um, yeah. Well, it's really, it's this really good question, and I'm probably not the most qualified to answer because even like I'm here because of what people did twenty years ago, what intersex people did twenty or thirty years ago. Um, so I'm not even. I could. I never. I didn't start anything myself. I joined a. You know, I came out because I saw others in my community doing very vocal. Um, you know public pieces and then I and then I reached out to them so that was that's obviously a start there's obviously got to be the first person who steps into the firing line one thing I would say is there has to be a a decision and it's hard to sort of I say it's a decision I I think because obviously it's a it's a huge community which will have differing opinions but in my in my opinion we're stronger together we have so many overlapping issues and issues that, that you know we can all help each other one another by trying to secure each other's rights, making space for one another, listening to each other's stories, believing each other, and boosting each other, making space for one another. When it comes to intersex people, I think, um, first of all, to make space for them is absolutely include the I. Um, make sure that your definitions of the I are, are accurate. Understand that it is difficult sometimes to reach out to intersex people because often intersex people, a huge problem is that they're not made aware that they are intersex. Their medical records are hidden from them. Parents hide them from children. They're told different stories or they're not told any stories and they're just, they, just, they just grow up and they maybe even in, live out their lives without ever knowing they're intersex. So that's difficult. In other situations, different language is used. So intersex may not be used, but there might be more medicalized language being used. So if you're reaching out to intersex people, it might be a case of saying like, okay, we need to identify what language is being used by the medical community in Lebanon to describe intersex people. And then we need to use that language to make them aware of that we're here for them. Because a lot of intersex people will still see themselves their their bodies as as medicalized the the you know the pathologization of intersex will be very much internalized for them they won't be seeing lgbtqia plus and thinking i'm a part of that they won't necessarily understand that um and i i think you know build you know creating spaces where if there is the first sort of intersex Lebanese person to go public or to, to, to make themselves known, making sure that when if there is that person who's, who's willing to come forward, that they are very supported um, by, by your existing wider community in Lebanon. Um, because it's terrifying to do it, to do it on your own. Um, 
yeah, I think that I think those are those are just the starts. The other thing is obviously from an advocacy perspective. I mean, it wouldn't be right for me to to make any kind of assumptions or suggestions because the cultural context, even as someone who's lived there and heard it from Lebanese friends, it's not my place. But obviously, taking into account current sort of parent rearing processes, what what current gynecological um, gynecological and and um, pediatric and um, obstetrician kind of practice exist in Lebanon for intersex people find out what what if there are any legal protections for intersex people if there are any medical guidelines in existence for medical for intersex people there might be those that are reinforcing you know surgical uh, intervention that is unconsensual it may be that that's that's written or it may be that it's completely hidden um, and just done on an ad hoc basis so do it doing that work I think um, you may find that there are some hospitals in Lebanon that are adopting some best practices um, even in if in name only being able to support them um, r- yeah running running support groups and, and looking towards sort of maybe more international um, people who have who have run groups across the world um, because there are so many who are willing to, to share that expertise if there's no person such person to run that right now. Uh, the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on, I think. Um, but I, I think it all comes down to realising that, like, I think a lot of people, and this is, the comp- this is what I have with, with friends and family, you know, cis friends, straight friends, queer friends, like, when we, when we speak over a coffee we talk about if we talk about our insecurities things that we worry about and i i think i'm describing stuff that is so innately intersex and and to be fair most intersex people it is a relief when you meet other intersex people because they just get it but there are so many common experiences across our community where you sat opposite someone you're talking about your identity your self-worth your your sexuality issues with intimacy like how you're perceived by the wider world your family your parents etc um that that are common across 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 all of us and um yes it's it is certainly blown up um when you when you have that uh intersex traits and you are intersex it is there is obviously exceptions and difference but i think focusing on where you know our community is 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 together and it's all about autonomy and and self-determination that's where you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna create those safe spaces rather than focusing on god like you know what do we say specifically to intersex people um and and to be fair there's so much guide there's so many guidelines there's so many there's a wealth of information obviously that i sent you and and, you know that i'm still learning about myself that that talks about the ideal conditions for for supporting intersex people um but really i think in that building community it's all about like how can we how can we learn grow and kind of find each other and and build those sort of relationships that will sustain us when it gets really hard which it does and it certainly does in lebanon i know Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably about it. Well, thank you so much, and stay strong. <laughs> and I can't wait to read your memoir. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Salva. This was awesome. Thank you. Really. Oh. Yay! With special thanks to Suze and Salva. Find out more about Suze and her work at xysuze.com. Want us to broadcast your messages? Record it on your phone and email it to us at queernarrativesbeirut at gmail.com. Queer Narratives Beirut is a collaboratively produced word-of-mouth podcast 
made with support from Mansion and The Outpost magazine, and produced alongside the Radio Mansion project in June 2018. Supported by Chase Consortium. Share your stories and find out more at queernarrativesbeirut.com.